Watch Yahoo! Phantom of the forest, you spear, finger, fire, dragon, Ohio grass, man, silver giant, bloodless hollow, West Virginia vampire, coyote king, hogzilla, devil, dark coyote killer. Cave creature, mothman, smoke wolf, a lizard, demon, ash man, grafton monster, cow killing bastard, shadow creature, dust man, Cherokee, death cat, wild man, great fire rape, what else do I have to say? Steal yourself some chicken wire, and I'll get some blubber, cast the thunder brothers, don't you dare get out of the golf cart, we can keep our pixies while we hunt the big feet. Smelly gastro team, red island bear beast. Silver giant, squalling savage, black wolf was kind of average. Stone giant, raven, mock a midnight, whistler, wampus beast, wild wild woman, Ohio grass man again. Technically, huckleberry wolf, man of wolf county, need to find the axe again if we hunt the lightning man. A welter's werewolf, deadly howl, Kentucky hellhound, little girl, headless horror, I can't take it anymore. Steal yourself some chicken wire. I'll get some lumber, catch the Thunder Brothers Don't you dare get out of the golf cart We can keep our big seats while we hunt the big feet This here's Big Feats. We are Bigfoot's second favorite podcast. He likes knowledge fight. I don't know. He thinks he thinks Alex Jones is crazy. I'm Robert Brockway, and I never touch that Mothman. And I'm Sean Baby, a battle-crazed berserker who terrorized Europe, armed with great axe, long sword, and spear, special weapon, the shield. And I am award-winning author Jason Pargent. <laughs> <laughs> always, always the best punchline. Always funny. <laughs> if any of you out there, somebody is watching this or listening to this only because I posted the link and you've never listened to it before, one, please go back and start from the beginning, from episode one. It is that kind of show. Also, if you are wondering why this exists or why you should listen to it, it's like, well, why would I care about these people who are watching an obscure Bigfoot hunting reality show and doing an episode-by-episode episode rewatch of it. Let me put it this way. All three of us objectively have other things we could be doing. Sean has a family. He's running a business. Brockway running a business also has other projects. I'm under deadline to get a novel done. The fact that we have stopped our lives dead in their tracks to do this show should tell you that there's something here. If you heard on the news... That Elon Musk and Bill Gates and the guy who runs Amazon, whose name I can't pronounce, if they had ditched all of their money and invested it all in submersible vehicles to examine one specific spot in the ocean floor, you would not assume they were wasting their time. You'd be like, okay, there's something there. It's the same thing here. The fact that we are doing this show should tell you that it's worth listening to. That's an excellent oh, I think point. I want to call Bezos out of that. Like, that's not a great selection, but I guess. I don't think that's how it's pronounced. Sean, baby, how do you pronounce the Amazon guy's name? Bezos. <laughs> I am Bezos, defeater of man, stinger of children. I don't think we're saying it right. All right, it doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. So, yes, we are doing important work here that the future will look kindly on, and not as a waste, I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, and, and what we're doing is we are watching Mountain Monsters. Before we get into what that is, 
and the whole episode. Let's do some. Let's do some plugs. Sean, where can we find more oh, of Sean? I'd love to plug one nine hundred hotdog.com. We're coming up on our four year anniversary, which is a lifetime in modern media. Uh, I co-founded this with the great Robert Brockway four years ago. Just a, a beautiful project. Yes. Uh, it becomes unlikelier every day that we're doing this. Sometimes I look at it and I'm looking at the monsters, the behemoths of the industry that are falling all around us. <laughs> I'm like, and we just all right. keep growing. I mean, we're still we're still doing we're still doing this as a business. Like it can work. People like it. We literally <laughs> people pay like people laughter better at one nine hundred hot dog than at any other media outlet that exists. I think. Like we are paying yes, several several orders of magnitude like, above what Cracked paid even their yeah. their higher end freelancers at the time. Uh, Our writers I are getting like two thousand eleven low end magazine rates. Like it's not Insane. that bad. Yeah, <laughs> unprecedented <laughs> in, in this modern era. Uh, come support us. Uh, that's patreon.com slash one nine hundred hot dog. And uh, and listen to the Dog Zone. Listen to the Dog Zone nine thousand. That's that's my plug. And my my other plug is this: is big feats. Tell your friends. Uh, we don't have ads aside from the words that I'm telling you right now. Uh, so it's word of mouth. Word of mouth is the only thing we get out of this. So tell your friends or uh, or or don't. I guess that's that's hurtful, but you can do that. Jason. Okay. Yeah, you have to ask me to do the plug. I can't just start doing it. I'll sound, I, that sound pause like was a, important. I'll sound like a dick. It was a meaningful pause. <laughs> yes, I have I a needed new, every second. I have a new novel up for pre-order, a brand new novel that is not part of any series. Uh, it's not part of any of the previous books I've done. It is called "I Am Starting to Worry About This Black Box of Doom." It is up for pre-order everywhere in, in all formats, including audio. And uh, yeah, if you can pre-order it, that matters a lot to an author like me because this is how retail outlets determine demand for a book and therefore how many copies to buy and then how many copies they buy dictates how well it sells. That's right. It is a paradox. <laughs> In order to sell a lot of books, you have to sell a lot of books. Now, the title is very descriptive, but can you talk about like uh, what happens in the book? There is a Lyft driver who goes to pick up a strange woman, and she says, instead of taking me on this trip, I'm going to make you an offer. I will pay you $200,000 in cash to drive me across the country. They're in L.A. I want you to take me to Washington, D.C. I have with me a huge locked black box. There are rules. You cannot look inside the box. You cannot open the box. You cannot ask me about the box or its contents. You cannot ask me my name. You cannot ask me anything. Also, you have to leave behind all of your devices, your phone, laptop, anything that can be tracked. If we go, we'll be paying for uh, gas and food with cash. We'll be navigating with a map. You cannot tell anyone where you're going. And if we're leaving, we have to leave right now. Can I guess what's in the box? Will you tell me if I'm right? <laughs> <laughs> that would be, Rockway didn't take would the deal. He can ask all the questions he wants. <laughs> just, just ruin the. It's just ruined the whole thing. Is um, it Bigfoot? <laughs> no, but it is. It is almost big enough to contain a partial Bigfoot. But okay. uh, anyway, the book is about these people going across the country and the people who are trying to stop them and the absolute ludicrous chaos that ensues. Uh, if you are only know me from the sound of my voice and have not read any of my books, they are fairly well-received, more so than you would think. 
It's the uh, time travel baby of the driver. Got it. <laughs> no, he's got it. I was going to go. Say, no, he's got it. We'll Will edit. you tell him? Will you tell him he's right? We'll edit that out. Is it the baby we can hear on <laughs> yeah, all yeah. of these podcasts? We'll <laughs> so we are watching episode by episode a show called Mountain Monsters, which is a hillbilly monster hunting reality show like like Finding Bigfoot or uh, or any of those ghost hunter shows, uh, except. They don't know, the people doing Mountain Monsters don't know those shows exist. They have no template by which to base this on where they, where they, because the template is we all, we go out into the woods, into the haunted, whatever, and then we, we experience some, some creepy sounds, or maybe, maybe we get a glimpse of something, and then we can only infer, like, I don't know what that was, but maybe there's something out there. No, fuck that. Every episode, five minutes into the episode, Bigfoot's here. He's fucking everything up. He's knocking over your house. He's he's punching your wife. It's time to deal with Bigfoot. Everyone is, except the camera guy sees him. Yes, the camera guy through just an astonishing display of slapstick tomfoolery somehow misses him in every frame while he just wreaks absolute havoc. Uh, sometimes they they don't do Bigfoots. Bigfoot is their bread and butter. But man, when they branch out, it's great, uh, which they are in this episode uh, which is, according to the HBO Max order, what we're going off of, Season 1, Episode 15, Shadow Creature of Brexton County. And our cast are Trapper, who is the leader, Huckleberry, who is security, Buck, who is the Husky Ninja, every team has to have one, a mandatory part of it. Jeff is the dumbass research scientist, uh, Willie is a trapper, and Wild Bill is a fucking lunatic. It's just, it's, his job is to fall out of trees and somehow survive it every single time. I think he falls off a mountain in this one. It's insane. <laughs> I love that I've talked you into hating Jeff. <laughs> I don't hate Jeff. I think he's an idiot. I, I love him. Okay. I love him for it. Before we get into this episode, I'm going to throw in a curveball just to ruin the format, as is the thing that I do. I am the wild bill of this team, as most of you have no doubt deduced. Um, so it's as we mentioned the show. If you this is your first time, the show's on HBO Max. If you want to watch along, it originally aired on Destination America, which we think was either a streaming arm of the Travel Channel or a deep cable version of it. Is a very niche cable thing that maybe you had. Tell us if you had Destination America back in 2013, 2014 when the show came about. The whole deal is that these guys. There are no other credits for them. There's no indication they had any acting or TV experience whatsoever or that they had ever seen a TV show. So it, they somehow, the meta story is they sold this cable channel on giving them a Bigfoot hunting reality show based on nothing. Uh, and so they are act out there having to invent the rules of making a show on the fly. Now, I went and looked up an interview with Trapper that was in the paper years ago, because I was curious, how did these guys meet each other and how did they get a show? Because listeners, please understand, everyone on this podcast has pitched a TV show before. The fact that we're doing this podcast is an indication that we do not currently have shows on the air. <laughs> Mountain Monsters has been on the air for 10 years. It's been on the air since 2013. It's still going. So uh, here's here's how here's how it plays out. It sounds like um, many of them work for the power company. It's Trapper and Huckleberry work together. They Those two knew each other. And then Willie is simply Trapper's neighbor. Okay. 
<laughs> Buck is Huckleberry's friend. He's just a guy he knows. So that's how they knew each other through work. Now, Jeff and Wild Bill were brought in for the show. Wow. Wild Bill, who we know said he was a linesman or claimed he was a line worker. So I think that's a third person that worked for the power company. I think there was a friend, uh, it was a friend of a coworker they, that they knew there. And he told him, he's just a crazy guy. You've got to, if you're making a TV show, we ought to get him on there. And then in the interview, um, Trappers tells the interviewer, well, and then Jeff, I found and brought on board because I knew he was an expert in, you know, in, in these, these matters, which is obviously a lie. Jeff knows less about Bigfoot than anyone. I think for the interview process, they're like, here's a thermal camera, Jeff. See if you can find that fireplace. And he wandered into a bathroom and died for five minutes, drowned in the bathtub. And they said, you're perfect. In the world of Mountain Monsters um, erotic fanfic, I think there's stuff that's in-universe and that's outside the universe. So the in-universe stuff, you already know those dynamics. But I think a lot of people are like, well, yeah, but well, who are they outside of the show? And basically, the trio of Trapper and Huckleberry and Willie knew each other through work. And then they, one of them also knew Buck. And then Jeff and Wild Bill are outsiders who were brought in. And I feel like that kind of explains a lot of the vibe we see. Like we knew that Wild Bill did not know Willie prior to this show. Like, like, like they clearly at the beginning, they were meeting each other because again, they said in the pilot episode, that they had been a monster hunting team for seven years and then immediately forgot that they said that. <laughs> never brought it up again. But yeah, I've been, I have been attached to a lot of shows and, but I've never been attached to a show that's both this good and this uh, free. I've never, like the budget of this show is $0. And I don't think I've I mean, ever been why. involved in a pitch where the, where that was the number we gave them. If you're like, why, why have none of your shows been taken off? They're like, well, it would have cost something to film them. <laughs> it would have cost, like, yeah, so. I don't know, somebody's time. This costs most of a weekend sometimes is what this costs. <laughs> right. Uh, I like that, that Jason brought up the jokingly in your Mountain Monsters fan fiction. Uh, that's a small but dedicated real thing on Wattpad. Uh, you, can, yeah. you can go look it up. There's at least there's a few erotic uh, fan fictions of the Mountain Monsters crew. Not money, just like just like they don't have many fans. But just like they don't have many fans, those fans are completely insane. Passionate and, uh, and insane. Passionate and insane. I've got a question. I, I sorry, you can cut this off from the podcast, but these guys do like the the con circuit. Like they'll show up at Bigfoot conventions because obviously cryptid conventions are a huge deal. There are Mothman yeah. get-togethers. So the Mountain Monster team they show up. You can go on YouTube right now and find Q and As where they're all up there in a panel, like they're the freaking cast of the Avengers. So they are celebrities in those circles. Good. Do you think any of the Ames team have gotten laid off their Mountain Monsters fame? Do, does, do each other count? No, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, nothing's impossible. I, I, there's Celebrity is really good for getting laid, but I just don't. I don't see it working in this particular type of celebrity with their particular fan base. I just don't think there's a lot I'm of gonna, lady crossover. My first job out of college was working at a TV station, an ABC News affiliate, at a very small market. It's in southern Illinois, so it was not a big market. So, But our, like, the third string weather guy who did, like, the early morning weather guy, he got around off on the basis <laughs> of his local TV weatherman fame. Sure. Like, he wasn't just – he wasn't lying about this. That He – 
there there were women he, who were just that little bit of fame was all it was all it took. Forecast says hot. You got the lines. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what the see. I'm not sure what the fantasy they'd be fulfilling is. Like if you hit up the mountain monster guy to to get fucked by the celebrity, what's the fantasy there? Like do you, if you have them dress up like Bigfoot, then they have to leave. Like, they have to never be seen for the rest of the encounter. <laughs> you put on the full cat costume, you run into them at full speed. Just, I, 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 Dave, as long as we're breaking format, I, I just want to say we always skip over the pre-roll that they do because it's all just footage from the show you're about to watch, and we'll get to those moments. But sometimes the pre-roll is so fucking good. This one was incredible. This is I, I swear to God, it's formatted like Hillbilly Aliens. Like, they formatted it like the movie Aliens uh, from James Cameron. I don't know what gave him that idea. <laughs> only Hillbillies. We'll get to it. It's goddamn, it's, it's intense. It's a work of art. If you only have 30 seconds to watch an entire episode of Mountain Monsters, this'll do. You'll get it. You'll get it from this. They're freaking rappelling down like a sheer cliff wall. Like, I watched this. Right? Like, what? Action fucking set pieces. You got, uh, I swear to God, they got a budget. I mean, it's like $200, but they got a budget. Uh, so the first thing we do uh, is we look up whether or not the monster is real and absolutely not. It is It is real in the sense that they didn't make it up because somebody else did first. Yeah, H.R. Uh, Geiger might have done it first. They, okay, they do a thing we'll get here. To, hold on, we'll get yeah, to that. We'll, yeah, they we'll do get a to thing. the monster. They do a thing. They do a, a fake out bit, which is I, th- I think is what you're referring to, where they say like, well, we're going to look at Flatwoods, mo- Flatwoods monster. Uh, except that thing's fucking ridiculous. Who would believe in that? <laughs> we're doing something much more grounded. Flatwoods monster, lights in the sky. He's twelve foot tall with a triangle shaped head. He floats around in a little cart. Can you believe that? And they debunk it by being like, "I think it's Huckleberry who who brings up well the space the space vehicle tracks that it left were from a nineteen forty model pickup, and they all laugh." At this obvious hoax, it's the most insane way to open an episode. And then Buck says the greatest thing. He says, well, if this thing's a hoax, what are we going after? Just <laughs> <laughs> fucking it up so bad, Buck. Yeah, and Jeff says. question we can never speak out loud, Buck. <laughs> you fucked it up. You fucked it up so bad. Somebody shut up, Buck. Just frantic producers in the writing in the back of that pickup truck. Shh, shh, Buck. Uh, Jeff says something entirely different. The shadow creature. Like that's the less silly option <laughs> than the Flatwoods monster. And as we've, as you probably guessed, uh, it is the exact, it's the xenomorph from aliens plus nothing minus most of the costume. <laughs> it's a much yeah. fleshier. They show, <laughs> they show the rendering. Which is just the xenomorph. They gave it a little bit different teeth and then stopped. Like that was, they were, I mean, that's it. Done. It's like if your third grade teacher made you get off the computer and you said, I'm not done making the alien from alien. That's what we're looking at. I actually literally drew this as a kid yeah. because I had seen the movie Alien in just like bits and pieces back, you know, the old days before the internet when you weren't, you couldn't just like see a movie. So it would be on TBS sometimes, but somebody would change the channel, like a parent would change the channel. So I just, I kind of had to guess at what the alien might right. be from like what I knew of it. And I would, I came up with more or less this. 
uh, in fourth grade based on like kind of hearing about Alien one time. I have drawn better xenomorphs during games of Pictionary than this rendering. <laughs> it's it's easily the wildest monster they've rendered, though. Like from from an outlandish perspective, Get the balls this, this Bulgarian ripoff of of aliens <laughs> from Alien Turkish aliens. <laughs> The great thing is, because so like they keep they go back to Jeff to describe it, and then he's like, "Well, it's sixty feet tall, three hundred to three hundred fifty to five hundred pounds." You That's know, Huckleberry. The, and the weird thing is, it's got like an exoskeleton on it. <laughs> and after having <laughs> they showed, don't make fun of him. After having showed the creature and describing it, they of course cannot say, "Well, it looks yeah. like this you know more from <laughs> from exactly. Ridley Scott's Alien and then from uh, James Cameron's Aliens film uh, as designed by H.R. Giger. They can't say that, so they have to keep talking around like, well, it's got an odd-shaped head and it kind of goes back and uh, – uh. Yeah. Say what you will about Ernest Klein, who is just a dumb piece of shit who writes garbage. He at least would have said, it's the alien from Alien and <laughs> right. saved everyone <laughs> a ton of time. <laughs> this is it's so on board that i feel like okay jason remembers sometimes sometimes back in the crack days when we both worked at a website that used to exist that you probably don't even remember anymore uh we would get an rfp uh and we would get you know some admin coming in saying i've got an idea for for not not necessarily an idea for an article but something that I want put a, to put on your site. And we would do like a, a pitch meeting where we'd come up with article ideas. And sometimes the article ideas we pitched to them would be good, like a genuinely good piece of content because that's what the goal was. We would try to come up with something like, if I have to put your fucking ad on my site, it, it's going to be good. It's going to be something worth reading. And that was usually a deal breaker for them. Uh, but, so they would leave and we would have this good idea for an article and then we would just kind of dust the prints off of it and just write that article anyway, because it was a good idea for an article. I get that whiff from this. Like, like I don't think this happened, but I could see, like, this is the new Alien show is coming out. The new Alien versus Predator movie is coming out. And some ad man comes into the gully they all live in and it's like, I, I got a, I got a proposal for you guys. We want to, we want to be tied into this mountain monster heat. Only you got to scrub off everything like identifiable from it because we can't we're pulling this placement already wild bill called him a cum chugger <laughs> we can't we can't have that associated said, with rfp that means real flat penis i do that to myself all the time <laughs> Whoop! crushed his balls and spun around <laughs> uh it does of course uh have those juicy twerking thighs uh that everybody loves uh jeff does say it's got an exoskeleton on it uh they made fun of jeff for 12 straight episodes for saying the word bipedal uh but nobody blinks at fucking exoskeleton covered that one in huckleberry's 12th grade education uh so jeff's history lesson <laughs> i love the history lesson so much i keep seeing the image of the creature if you're gonna look up anything just look up the image of the shadow creature and look at the render and then picture it when jeff gives at all of this history. He says, back in the mid 1800s, during the Civil War, five Union soldiers got attacked and the bodies were so mutilated they couldn't tell what did the deed. So, so we've got a 300 year old Confederate xenomorph. <laughs> yeah, but, but like that's the predator part. Like, like that, they did right. an aliens versus predator thing and they just took all the predator out and gave it to the alien. <laughs> right, because they had to scrub the, yeah. the fingerprints off this thing. Yeah, you're right. Get sued. That's exactly what happened. 
<laughs> and what, what Jeff has turned up, and then it retreated from popular society, I guess having mauled the five, once the South lost, it knew that it no longer had a place in, in polite society. And so it retreated into the deep woods. And now the only people that know about it are so deep into the woods that they're like pure hermits or the hardest core hunters that don't have any contact. They're like uncontacted hillbillies. They don't even know the modern world exists. But Jeff has like the pipeline connection to them. So they have to go in and hunt this fucking straight up alien from aliens that's only been seen by the we- by the people they consider weirdos, which based on we have we have seen the weirdest goddamn people that clearly have not met any any semblance of humanity outside of outside of their holler. It's uh, pretty before. good logic because they're like th- this. This creature mutilated a bunch of guys. Now, maybe you think it was a maniac that mutilated those guys, but no, the only people who live out here are maniacs. So it has to be an alien. And I just, I, I, all of that is to set the stage. Like these people are the weirdest fucking weirdos. These are, these are the deep hillbillies that we're scared of. Right. Uh, and so we, that, with that in mind, we meet our first witness whose name is Benji and he's got Coke bottle glasses, a big Russian hat. And a Fu Manchu mustache that comes to two three-foot-long braids that swing around comically as he talks. And a wacky Canadian accent. Or some or Minnesota, one, that region, whatever you call that accent. <laughs> he's so deep in the West Virginia woods that he's in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> he comes out, he says he comes out to the deep forest to do his sharpshooting. And they ask him about that sharpshooting. And what Benji says is, I come out to plink. it's just adorable it's adorable benji and trapper says i'm a pretty good shot and benji says a lot of people say that and you're like oh yeah trapper's gonna like show him sharpshooting right Mm -hmm. no what trapper does is he says you gotta shoot a big bullet fast down range to kill at a distance is that webster's dictionary (laughs) defining shooting (laughs) i would have shot one of those guys one of his mustache things off Right, this is that's as, that's as clear a dare for like a shooting yeah. contest. Quick and draw, braid, right off your is, face. What he says is, "Well, you gotta shoot a big bullet fast." I know about shooting, sir. It is the art of putting a big bullet fast somewhere so that a thing might die. Oh, you you speak the language. I see. I'm sorry, I took you for a fool. Yes, uh, you must be quite familiar with it. So Benji tells his story about when he encountered the shadow creature and what it was. He, he was out here shoot, sharpshooting. He was out here plinking. I'm sorry, as the Canadians call it. Uh, he couldn't get his four-wheeler started and the sun was going down. So he started walking out. And that's when he looked to the side and saw a full fucking xenomorph running up the hill at him. <laughs> it's crazy, <laughs> though, that among five men, no, none of them have seen alien or aliens or aliens versus predator. Like, right. This queer nerd who I don't buy Benji as – we've speculated previously where they get their witnesses from because we've had some cases where the witnesses did not seem to be in on it. Like these were people who actually did think they had seen the thing and thought they were talking to a, a real Bigfoot hunting show and not this thing that whatever these people are doing. And you could see them like trying to be serious about it. This guy's really hamming it up. And I has the feeling to me of somebody who is a fan of the show. Because he 
has played up his costume. He plays up his mannerisms. Everything about this is kind of goofy. It feels like and he's not the last one we're going to see in this episode. It feels like they're doing a thing here where this guy absolutely knows he's a witness in the show Mountain Monsters. And, and the other people who've done it, who were clearly playing along, they weren't really going hog wild with it the way this guy does. Because they didn't watch the show. Like, they got the gist of it when they came and recruited them at the gas station for $20. They were like, <laughs> yeah, okay, I'll do this yeah. goofy thing, whatever. Yeah, Benji but they, brought his they own never hat. heard of the show. Benji knew the yeah. whole deal. Benji's one of the one of the people writing erotica on Wattpad. <laughs> right. His story is reasonable. He like had a, a fully coherent reason for being in the woods and why he was on foot. When he saw the alien from Aliens, he hid behind a rock for 45 minutes, which is, again, a very reasonable thing to do. Most people don't. Let's dissect that moment for a second, though. <laughs> okay. What he says is, I hunkered down behind that rock and I hid like a little child hides from his dad. And you think he's saying that last part to be like, that's how scared I was. When what he's really doing is describing exactly like the mechanical logic, because when he says he hides behind that rock, he shows us. He gets down on the ground, he scoots up, and he presses his face to the rock, and he covers his eyes so that he can't see it, but his entire body is just sticking out of the rock, <laughs> like playing hide-and-seek yeah. with a child too young to understand what that means. So he covers his eyes, and it's like, I'm invisible. Yes. He's, and, but he's describing the shame of that. He's describing the incoherent shame of, of looking back and saying, like, in my panic, I was acting very stupid. <laughs> because it's generous, but okay. Here's the thing: if you saw this bipedal creature walking toward you, and he, uh, the way he what? phrases it, that it, <laughs> by, by what now? By fucking what now? He says twelfth grade education. It had a bony skeleton on the outside, which, by the way, you see this thing walking toward you in the woods at night. That is not something that you would detect with your eyes. But if a a creature walking upright on two legs is walking toward you wearing something that's like black and shiny. You would 100% assume that is a person yeah. wearing gear. Yeah, a time You travel. wouldn't assume, oh, there's there's some sort of a xenomorph here in the woods. You would, you'd be like, you'd try to talk to them. Do you think it's a hunter? That guy and, crashed his motorcycle. He's all geared up, though, so yeah, it's good. He's, he's got a helmet on. Well, yeah, it's a guy. Like you would, The last thing you would assume is it's some sort of a creature here to kill me. I'm going to hide behind this rock. Because <laughs> you would expect the next thing to happen be the guy be like, dude, hey, <laughs> dude, can, can I have a ride on your, your quad bike? What? Hey, why are you? It doesn't, like, I can still see you when you cover <laughs> your eyes. You would, oh, this is not getting anywhere. So Benji says, you know, after that thing... Uh, just it took off. It worked somehow. Pretending not to see it worked, but it was so fast it covered that that distance, seventy five meters up a hill in less than a second, which I think means it's breaking the sound barrier. I haven't run the math, but it's ridiculous, and it didn't make a sound like in dead silence. And Trapper, everybody, take a drink. We've established. Trapper says, "I hate to say this, but for that thing to move so quietly, it simply must be out of this world." So. Yeah, he agrees that it's an alien, even though we were just mocking the concept of aliens just a minute ago. So it's probably bulletproof, insanely fast and stealthy, not of this world. Uh, I think they should hunt it. I think they should just go out tonight with a, a couple of Earth weapons and just uh, see what happens. 
Yeah, I think they don't even really need the whole crew here, which is good because on the night investigation, Huckleberry called in sick. Okay, before we before we we hit this part, because this is probably my favorite detail of the episode. Prior to this, uh, Sean, you got the the show gave you a gift as a Jeff hater. Is it when Benji was saying that the creature blended in with the trees? Jeff says, "That's that stealth mode." <laughs> to yes. which, and then he's he looks predator. Up, because he thinks it's Predator. Yes, he, he gets it mixed up with Predator. But I'm telling you, this was product placement, and then somebody got really fired for it. That's, that's stealth mode. That's that stealth mode. And then he looks around at the rest of the team. No one says anything. And then Jeff himself says, exactly. <laughs> no one. And then he holds up one hand and quietly high fives it. Great point, Jeff. <laughs> Says Jeff. No one goes along with his what he thought was his awesome improv that this creature has that predator thing it can do. Yep. That will be cool to, to refer to later. It's like, <laughs> no, this is a xenomorph. He it's just black up. and shiny. It's the acid blood one, Jeff. God damn it. He can heal with his this. Reese's Pieces, fellas. Predator, Predator <laughs> has glowing blood, Jeff. Fuck. Fuck, Jeff. Uh, so I love it so much that you can call in sick for one of these. I feel yes, like okay. having not watched the next hundred episodes or so, surely this broke a seal and somebody's just calling in sick all the time. Yeah, right? yeah this is Huckleberry for the night hunt. Huckleberry is not there. And they could have made up Anything. Anything. They could have said he's off doing research. They could have said he went to, I don't know, to go gather supplies for, for the trap or bait. or We've got him off on a secret mission to get secret bait that we've Shadow we've heard. creature got him. We've heard that yeah, the shadow creature killed him. We got to go get him back. <laughs> we got to go get him back. You could have done anything. It's just like, nah, he's got the sniffles. He's out tonight. It's like, okay, hold on. You are out here to possibly witness a... An, I guess they're, are they going with this thing being an alien? Because the, the yeah, original said he's out of this world. Flatwoods creature was from out of the world. So yeah. And he hates he, to say it. He's too sick to participate in that. It's incredible. <laughs> like, nah, I, I don't, I feel like crap guys. I'm going to stay home. It's the phrasing on that too. If they had said like he, he's violently ill or he, he can't get out of bed or something, but they said he called in sick. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, oh, is he using his pay time off? Do we give him pay? We don't, do we? No. I, I, I think it's important to mention that this is a creature with acid for blood. Sometimes accidentally also the powers of a predator with stealth mode, super tech, uh, and, you know, thermal vision. And they are not taking their security. Like Huckleberry's job is theoretically very important. Probably the most important when you're fighting a creature like this. I don't know if it has acid for blood or if I'm just assuming that. They, they don't mention the show. Mentioned. I'm just saying that uh, I know that. I mean, I assume it has the little like secondary face thing that comes out of and, and snaps at them. Only like mm -hmm. it looks like somebody erased about half of it. It lays a big <laughs> egg. And if you're near the egg when it hatches it. Jumps on your face and puts more. That's Huckleberry. That's where Huckleberry was. That, Comes out of the egg. Oh God, that would have been good. Huckleberry looked at a weird egg, and now he he just can't get out of bed. Like that's a, put that in the fucking show. <laughs> like fucking genius. Uh, somebody washed his hat wrong. He can't get out of bed. <laughs> 
Trapper does say that this is the most dangerous creature they've ever faced. In fact, I believe he says it six times by this point in the episode. I do want to remind everybody, he's saying that because it killed five Union soldiers 170 years ago. So its average kills per year is now lower than the average citizen of West Virginia. (laughs) Yeah, it's like a quarter. You guys killed three people in the show so far. We can track that. (laughs) <laughs> we, we know your exact body count. Like, negligence counts. You murdered those people. Mm. Coconuts uh, are 14.7 times more billion. <laughs> Whatever. I'm not good at math. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so, he's, he's 0.00001% of coconut deadly is the point I'm trying to make. So, Trapper says, what makes this one so dangerous is that there's no information on it. <laughs> so... All you got is Red Alien. It it's a fantastic movie. And it's, that's what's so scary is that nobody's seen, much like me as in grade school, you, they've only seen parts of it on TBS. That's what's so scary. It's like, it could be anything. It could be, they get commercials confused with it. It's like, it's half noid, like just mixed up in their brain. Uh, Trapper is giving a testimonial about how, how so dangerous this thing is. When they hear a bang during the testimonial, they found it before they started looking for it. We haven't started the night investigation. It's a record. And it's shooting off the the flintlock pistol that it was given by the predator, probably. Because <laughs> yeah, it's like a gunshot type sound. It's a bang. Because, yeah. okay, now here's the thing. I think they handed over this footage to the editor. And as we have established, when they dub in the, the creature sounds... It's just one of the crew members or it's Buck or somebody off camera going, roar, and that's their cue to react. Like, react. Okay. Here, they didn't establish what kind of noise the xenomorph makes. So, they handed it to the editor like, okay, here's – we heard it, and we're all turning to look at it. And I don't think they knew what to do. So, there's kind of a generic, like just a bang that kind of does, yeah, sound like the xenomorph took a shot at him. Maybe it was Benji shooting himself in the head. The xenomorph is in stealth mode. (laughs) And Benji's just like, I can't do it again. Pow. And then that's what Trapper heard. Just a theory. (laughs) I like that they've talked up how absolutely silent it is. This stealth creature. And then this huge bang. Like, I can only picture it falling out of a tree and just (laughs) eating shit on the top of a pickup or something. And just like, ah, fuck. (laughs) It's like masterful. (laughs) Masterful stealth. It's like farting during a hot dog contest. (laughs) 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 Fart. Like, there he is there. (laughs) Master of stealth. Doesn't. So he's so quiet. They go looking for it, but he doesn't leave tracks. And Trapper says... I believe this bitch has a leaping ability of 45, <laughs> 60, 70 feet. 70 feet. I thought he got a size 80. Trapper is starting to abuse the his forensics determining that the creature jumped 60 feet. I don't feel like he has stopped to picture that in his mind. <laughs> no, because it's so because you can't picture that without picturing Michael Jordan slam dunking in front of the moon, right? Like, you can't, <laughs> no, you I, can't picture somebody with a vertical leap of seventy feet, and it's not hilarious. I think that's not from half court. I think that's like a little bit, like that's from the other three point line. <laughs> <laughs> like that's so a, he's yeah, dunking that whole space time. Jam. It's a space dunk. jam, type. yeah. That's a space jam dunk. <laughs> that's Sylvester the cat just fucking 
spinning and spinning. <laughs> so Buck finds blood. Uh, Trapper determines like he's carrying. That means he's carrying the deer based on the way the blood fell, not dragging it. And we all remember he can smell deer blood. So he's like, that's deer. That's some bitch. He, he has a deer, which I don't I don't get what the problem is. Like you guys eat deer, man. Just eat out here eating deer. OK, Buck that's, says, that's not what happens. Trapper sticks okay, his happened? finger in the blood, puts it in his mouth, and with a completely straight face says, Dear. That's right. He tastes it this he time. He tastes huh? it and he does doesn't not smell it. Does not crack a smile. This man is incredible. Like he knows that's the dumbest thing anybody's ever done. That he knows the taste of old deer blood. And that he can, you can give him a blind taste test of 30 different types of blood and he can tell you deer, bear, no problem. raccoon. This one's squirrel. buck piss. I know that. I know that now. <laughs> I think what, uh, what made me so uh, happy about the scene was he goes, okay, so Jeff's like, I got nothing on thermal, but then Trapper tastes the, the blood. And he's like, Ooh, that's damn fresh deer blood. And then once he hears it's fresh, suddenly Jeff sees it on the thermal. He's like, Oh yeah. That's fresh blood. Now I, it's a real blob of warm, patchy blood. That's exactly it. He says he doesn't have anything on the thermal. Trapper says, oh, it's, it's fresh. And Jeff goes, oh, that blood's still hot. It's glowing on the thermal. <laughs> Which, once again, proves yeah. your theory that there's nothing on that camera. Yeah. Like, we're looking, he doesn't know what we're looking he's at doing. shit they add in post. But good for him for yes-anding the fresh blood, I guess. I mean, we finally got there. We're we're watching them invent improv in real time. I think Jeff, for the first time, the very first time, has gotten yes and, and probably out of terror after just after what Buck did to him. Just, I better start doing some sort of uh, like affirmation, and then maybe an addition, like a yes, a yes, but I'm almost, I've got something. Let me go to the lab, the hillbilly lab. It's a open sewer pipe. Uh, so. They talk about, they're sitting there like talking about what it must have done and where it went. And like, what does this deer blood mean? And once again, the monster interrupts them talking about it. Like, I'm fucking right here. You were just chasing me. Uh, <laughs> so they go to chase it and it leaps off. According to them, it leaps off this clip, this cliff out into the darkness uh, and falls apparently hundreds of feet and lives. And they hear this little shy roar from way down there, which cracks me up. <laughs> Because they're trying to sell the distance, right, by making it quiet. Like, oh, it's so far away now. It fell down there. But what it sounds like is just, Rawr. I'm okay, guys. Guys, it's okay. Well, also, it's it's generic animal roar from their sound effects, their Halloween sound effects CD. Which, again, if you imagine the Xenomorph doing that in a movie, you'd be very angry. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I, will, I will say, I think they skipped to a different track. I think it's the part where it's actually the devil supposed to be like roaring because they added like a spooky reverb to it so you can actually hear effects like just real basic effects in his voice <laughs> it's a like they're they're just playing a track they are playing monster noise number seven on on something they bought we cut back to trapper and he is uh he is now i guess he's yes anding himself when he says the creature leapt off so now he says we have reports the shadow creeper the shadow creature has a great rock climbing ability. We've seen it. No, you specifically, you don't have any reports. Remember, that's why this is so yeah, scary. It's, it's really funny to me too. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's yes-anded himself 
from a minute ago and in doing so has contradicted himself from two <laughs> minutes ago. <laughs> You're worth said to me. Uh, so we cut to uh, Wild Bill and Willie's trap shack. And uh, Willie is already mad. We're doing a bit here. Willie is already mad at Wild Bill for being late a few episodes ago. Well, and so what? Okay. He says last time he was late, this episode was supposed to have aired before Wild Bill's Bear Beast. So that's why you have the reference to it was supposed to be a sequel to the bit that they, because again, this was the episode where the whole joke was that he, that uh, Willie was working off of an inaccurate map or one of them was and they had wild bill do golf cart shenanigans and he nearly died four or and five times died. yeah um, he did die so briefly. this is supposed to be a sequel to that where it's now willie on the way and then wild bill is waiting for him and shenanigans ensue can you believe the audacity of thinking that bit needs to be followed up that 20 minute long bit of nothing and you're like we gotta go back to that well this is a multi-episode Fucking arrested development style. I found this very frustrating where he like starts a grease fire on when he's trying to cook breakfast because Wild Bill's there all night because he doesn't want to be late. So he gets there in like the middle of the night and he's cooking breakfast and he starts this big fire and to put it out, he just grabs a bunch of old wet leaves and throws them into the food. And I mean, you don't have to be a food expert to know that you now can't eat that. Like, okay, more specifically, they told Wild Bill, okay, we're going to do our comedy bit here. Start a fire and just do some do some fire shenanigans. Just riff. Just riff with the open fire, Wild Bill. Us without a safety crew here or a single fire extinguisher in the middle of this of this dry woods. Just just do some fire. Just do some fire goofing. <laughs> riff with the machete, riff with these two shotguns. Yeah, this could <laughs> it's be a them good time trying to kill Wild Bill now that you mentioned it. <laughs> Yeah, so he makes what no human being could consider even like a comical food. Like he yeah. grinds the coffee beans with his hands and then throws them in with the eggs and is like coffee eggs and then throws a bunch of wet leaves in it and <laughs> serves it to Willie. It's not it's like taking it's taking a bit so far that it doesn't work anymore. Yeah. But I will say it's all leading to this line. And Willie says, Wild Bill might be an excellent cook, but I'm still waiting to be impressed by his food. I see what you did there, Willie. It's great. <laughs> it's very good. That is the closest they've come. It's just way too lucid. It's like way too winky. Like, like, oh, you're you're like you're smart? I thought you were just a maniac building cubes in the woods. You're like, I don't know. I don't <laughs> I don't know. That's a hell of a line. Yeah, That's it's a pretty incredible. <laughs> also, um, all of you listening at home, I want you to go back and watch the Wild Bill, the several minute long Wild Bill making breakfast over an open fire in the in the woods shenanigans uh, slapstick scene with the wacky music playing over it. Only I want you to imagine that just off camera in the bushes, the xenomorph is silently <laughs> watching him do all this. <laughs> because that is really what's happening. <laughs> that is the whole point there being stalked by the immortal, the 200-year-old xenomorph that's been started, just watching Wild Bill make coffee eggs and accidentally, like he straight up does start an uncontrolled fire that he, he has to try to put out. Uh, but And further, I don't want to spoil too much, but the xenomorph does decide, I'm no match for these guys. <laughs> based, on, based on that, this alien intelligence, this sinister alien monster. 
Uh, yeah, this should have killed. Like all of these bits, like every comedy bit you give Wild Bill, it should have killed him. By the end of it, you're like, he's not dead? Yes, he has. He has a million lives, and he's he's down to his last two after this. Uh, Willie builds a snare trap uh, for this impossible centuries-old Confederate <laughs> alien battle monster who turns invisible. They're going to get him with a bunny rabbit trap. My notes have 50 exclamation points after that. I cannot <laughs> believe that even in the fiction of their universe, they're going to try to trap this immortal alien xenomorph with, with a fucking bunny trap. Now, I will give them some credit. It's not just a snare. What it actually is, is two trees far apart with two snares going in opposite directions. So it will rip the alien completely in half. <laughs> that is exactly what it is. And when they do their CGI animation of how the trap works, the animation kind of doesn't do anything. Like the trees snap up and pull the loops tight and then they kind of just freeze there. It's like, well, no, you're... You were implying that you've got these two loops around the alien's torso and the two trees are going to flip in opposite directions and just pull it in half. It's the <laughs> only possible outcome. Otherwise, what do you have? You have this xenomorph dangling like, what, 20 feet over the ground, tangled up in these cables, pissed off. They never talk about it being ripped in half. And in their animation, they, they show it just getting lifted and held in place. So uh, I was... It feels like the show is leading us to believe that it's just going to dangle there. I just love the visual of what would actually happen of them watching it if that had worked. And it just like, oh, we got him. And then it just fucking splits him in half and launches both halves like a quarter mile in opposite directions. You're like, well, just fills the atmosphere with acid blood. Which again, well, the show does not mention, but we know. Forest. It makes it rain acid blood across the whole forest. Well. Fucked that one up, didn't we? <laughs> yep. Uh, so, <laughs> so time to split. <laughs> says somebody as, uh, says as we Bill. freeze framed credits. Huh. Time to go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so they they further in a further like this is obviously very very dangerous if anybody if you're laying those snares and something goes off you're going to split yourself in half yeah they decide to further escalate it by building the trap alongside the cliff they saw him <laughs> jump off of mm -hmm. uh so so whatever lives Wild Bill has left are going to be burned in this episode. Like there's Wild Bill's the guy that has to do that. And so what they say, they say this is a 60 foot drop straight off. Trapper says that when he first sees the alien jump off, he says that's 60 feet straight down. Now they're looking at it, They say that's 100 feet straight down. And then they show us them rappelling off of it. And it's definitely 20 feet straight down. Like it's uh, now. Okay. You it will is, kill yourself falling off of that. Yeah. But. It, here's the thing. They, they do greatly exaggerate the, the scale of this very sheer rocky cliff. Like they found this location. The entire episode was them finding this cool location to shoot around. Cause it is very cool. But on one hand, yes, they do greatly exaggerate it. On the other hand, it is legitimately frightening watching wild bill and Willie repel down this thing. Cause it is absolutely tall enough that if they fell off, they would be dead instantly or would break several bones. And there's no way to evacuate them from that area, probably. I mean, we know based on how they estimate every creature's size to be 1,500 pounds and 10 feet tall, they got movie brain. Like, it, it doesn't sound like it should kill you. But like 20 feet, 30 feet, 
yeah. will kill you. And it will then, absolutely kill you. Yeah, there is a nice drama to the repelling, but like, uh, say for instance, if you were at the top of this cliff and you dropped your phone and you said, oh, darn, my phone, you would know that if you just walked a couple hundred yards in either direction, the slope would like ease off and you could just kind of walk down there. Like that, it's yes. not a sheer cliff the whole way across. When they have to get back up, that's exactly what they do. Yeah. They just go around the little cliff and go <laughs> exactly. back, and they're, they're up at, to- at the top very easily. They do not need they to repel down. Yeah, they you, we the watch them do this. It, they don't trick us. It's <laughs> the cameraman makes that classic mistake where I think to do the bit, they're like, okay, if you film this from this angle, it's going to look like we're we're alongside this this sheer cliff face, and then the cameraman's like, got it proceeds to not film them from that angle and show the gentle hill <laughs> leading back up to the highway. Yeah. Why wouldn't you just walk up? Why wouldn't you just walk up that? Make them look like assholes over here. They do uh, find a little uh, hole in the rocks. And another thing. Oh, we they can't always... skip this line. Hold oh, on. Okay. Okay. When they get to the bottom, when they get to the bottom, Wild Bill sit, like gets all excited and says, who gets the old job in old Billy Goat country? And Willie says, that's the old Willy Goat Billy Goat. And Wild Bill turns red and just hollers because he loves it so much. <laughs> it's fucking adorable. It's the cutest thing I've ever seen. It's just two babies inventing language. Willy uh, Goat, Billy Goat. Uh, That's their friendship now. But anyway, yes. I'm sorry. They find a hole. They do. They find a hole. And like they do, it's a trope of the show. If they find a hole, somebody's got to get in that hole. And uh, they crawl. normally they find a cavern, but this time they just yeah. kind of, they find a little snuggle nook. So they both kind of get in the snuggle nook, not to investigate or leave a trap or anything. They're just like, let's get in this hole and snuggle. But what was the given reason for why they had to uh, crawl in It was in the implied hole? that the monster sometimes lives in there, that this is his. Uh, no, Willie looks at it and says, that's a creature crawling hole, I tell you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and yeah, they are completely unarmed, so they're crawling into this little uh, three-foot-high uh, cave thing, just crawling entirely in there. It's pitch black in there. So if the xenomorph is in there, that would just be you know, a free meal. But <laughs> They bring up something great, though, which is that they always forget that because they're making up the monster, that doesn't mean real things in nature don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> so they start saying like, oh, there, was, there could be anything in here. It could be a bear in here. And then you see them both realize, oh, there could be a bear really in here. Good. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, this could end with you yeah. just one of you getting zipped away into that dark hole and getting mauled to death by a bear. Like, yeah, there could be a lot legitimate. of heroin needles. Something very stupid. Like, there could be a lot of human pee in here from campers or <laughs> hillbillies. Uh, so they... Because we need some drama to end this pointless scene, bang, a big log falls near them. It's the middle of the day. We've, if that, if the, if the shadow creature is out there being pitch black, looking like a xenomorph, he's standing on the highway in the middle of the day, <laughs> throwing, throwing a log down. Yep. <laughs> and this is not addressed. They're not like, oh, we got to get up there and get him. They're just like, well, fuck that guy. But they, but it's heavily implied that the shadow creature is up there protecting its little monster nook. Like, this is its hole, and it's upset that someone is inside it. This it's this is its hole underneath the highway, conveniently close to, like, the 7-Eleven. This is, this is where it likes to stay. Uh, so, Trevor... Just, hold on now. Because I feel like Willie and Wild Bill in the real world, they shoot this sequence, and they decide, hey, it wouldn't be cool if it, like... I threw a, a log down on us because 
this log drops within inches of Willie's face. And again, th- these are not stunt people. They do not have any kind of such precautions. They have a crew member up there dropping a freaking log down right by his head. But obviously, that event actually happening would totally change everything they think about how this thing operates and where it operates. It's like, oh, well, that's its hole. That's where it lives. That's where, like, let's just set up around that. Let's get a camera in front of that. But I think this was a thing that the trap team improvised and shot that was not part of the plan and their end was not acknowledged as having happened after that. Like, oh, it likes to throw logs at people. It's like, no, it doesn't. I promise you, something else did that. And it travels on the highway in daytime. It absolutely does not. It completely doesn't do that, you guys. So you actually know the answer to this question, Brockway, probably. Do they ever do, like, Frankenstein meets the Wolfman-style episodes of the show? Like, uh, no, I don't. I don't know. Beyond the ones that we've watched, I very specifically, I don't watch these oh, until fantastic. at least like a few days before God, we're, gonna, we're recording. Because I want to come in here totally authentic. Now, here's the other thing. Because something is going to come up later in this episode that is going to cast a new light on this scene, which is, have they at any point acknowledged that they have a camera crew with them? I don't think they've said it directly, No. Because in the fiction of the show, they have a camera crew. In the fiction of the show, they're making a show. Yeah. They're not, they're acknowledging that they are talking to a camera and they're not talking to God when they do their literary interviews. They're speaking to the camera crew. So in the scene, these two are in the cave. We are looking at them from outside the cave. The log falls in front of <laughs> Willie. They are in the cave. The cameraman is standing totally in the open with yeah. his camera focused on Wild Bill and Willie. So in the re- the fiction of the show, they should have looked at the cameraman and yelled, run, he's right up there. He's going to come <laughs> eat you. Run like we're in some sort of cover. Run away. And of course, they don't. It, they actually get they crawl out of their little hole. It's like, oh, we're going to get out of here before he comes back. But they never look at the cameraman like, are you OK? You OK? Well, what they should have yelled was. What does he look like? You're looking at yeah. him. Did you get him? What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> You're, I mean, you can see him from there, right? Yeah, pan up. D- pan. Don't don't watch us. Nobody cares what we're doing. <laughs> Tilt your camera up to. I love the I love the theory. It's canon in my head now that they just have the worst fucking cameraman and they're just <laughs> mad about it all the time. Like we found him. We were looking right at him. He was Sorry, they will repeatedly say something to the effect of he was five feet away from me. He came within, yeah. f- he touched me. He touched me. And so that's like, they're, they're throwing shade at the cameraman. It's like that Hank had a close up of my face reacting to the monster. <laughs> we all know what my face looks like. Science does not know what the Ohio grass man looks like, but for some reason, <laughs> Hank was transfixed by my beauty, I guess. Trained on fucking soap operas, Hank. Is that coming in handy now? <laughs> uh, so Huckleberry finally shows back up and like apparently looking very clean. And they ask him like, whoa, what the what the hell is going on? You're clean. And Huck just says, women involved. Yeah. For the ladies. Okay, now. No, stop. This stop everything. This in this moment is implying that he missed the hunt 
for the immortal xenomorph. Knowing it put the crew in danger, Trapper literally said him not being there put them in mortal danger. Not because he was sick as he claimed. He falsely called in sick because he was porking down a babe. He was fucking, because yeah. He some, took a fuck break. Some harlot was riding his hog like she was going for the blue ribbon at the county fair. Jesus. Is that why? <laughs> I think it could have been a xenomorph deliberately distracting, like a Bugs Bunny-style honeypot, to lure security away from the team. It looks exactly like the render, but in a big curly blonde wig. <laughs> but that's good enough for Huck. He's what? like, look at me. If it's not that, then why is it a termination-worthy offense when Wild Bill puts the team at risk by being too zealous in going after the Bear Beast, but Huckleberry is not reprimanded for putting the team at risk just so he could so he could get his his rocks off? Oh, that's a that's absolutely like they have made that deal as friends. Like if we ever get the chance to fuck because of this stupid thing we're doing, that takes priority. 100%. <laughs> they had no follow-up questions, though. They weren't like women involved. They're like, oh, who's that? When you say that, do you mean like a basketball with a human vagina? <laughs> <laughs> Did you get that from Davis? You got that from Davis, huh? <laughs> Took that from Davis's place. A little souvenir. Huh? <laughs> uh, so that's that's enough. We 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 now have to picture Huckleberry, perhaps uh, as Jason says, porking down multiple women, multiple <laughs> poor women, uh, the kind of hardy women that could survive a hook porking. I well, just the realized thing is, it's just the hat. <laughs> that's right. <huh? laughs> it's just. Just a couple of weird ladies sitting on that hat. <laughs> Full-sized human dong slips right out of that hat. <laughs> All right, we got to get off this. Uh, so God it's time to meet it. the second witness, who is Kim, who is the, the hardcore woodsman type they were warning us about. And apparently they have to go find him in the woods based on tips and puzzles he leaves them. Because <laughs> they don't have, like, right. they somehow met him and agreed to meet. But then he didn't tell them where. And so it shows them like driving around the woods until they find like a bit of rag tied on a tree and they realize, oh, that's this is his address. Kim. I guess rag on a tree is where you find Kim. At one point, they uh, all are hanging their heads outside the golf cart and shouting, Kim, Kim. <laughs> and I actually said out loud to my TV, they're acting like he's an escaped dog they're trying to find and then buck says that exact thing like it's like we're calling for a lost dog he kind of behaves like it too because when they do find kim he will only come about like 50 feet away from them and when they move towards him he's like <laughs> like it's gonna bolt away from them or murder them because he is holding a shotgun it's worth mentioning that it's almost not worth going to see kim because they do have the phone numbers of two guys and a cameraman who just got in a tree fight with the shadow creature. Yeah, what is Kim going to have to say that, oh, I found some mutilated animals? Like, well, all right. He threw a log at, at one of our guys an hour ago. Well, hold on. Here's what here's what Kim adds. Okay, so they've determined in the last scene, because that he leapt off that cliff into the darkness, they're like, oh, we have to set this trap on the cliff. That's why Wild Bill and Willie had to almost kill themselves rappelling down that rock is to find a place for the trap. Now, what we're doing, what we do when we meet Kim, who is is the most obvious actor, like yeah. he is, he's, he's giving, bad. 
like the old guy from Cabin in the Woods acting. He goes, you don't see the shadow creature. You feel it. It's freaking evil looking, I tell you that. I would like to know the story here because, again, this is the second one that's clearly giving a performance and clearly going over the top. So I don't know if he and Benji knew each other, if they are two friends, both know the show. But they really play up Kim as – because, again, they, they try to foreshadow this earlier. Like this thing is only seen by the people who live off so far off the grid that nobody ever sees them. And so the whole thing is like they, when they approach Kim, he shoots at them. He fires a gunshot in the air and they approach and it's like, you know, no, 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 we don't mean you no harm, you know. And they actually dub in three gunshots like he was trying to mow them all down. <laughs> when they see them from afar and they, they see like this strange specimen of a man, somebody whispers, look at that beard. Kim, of course, has the exact beard the exact. that everyone they know has. Yeah, that Huckleberry especially. He is... He's a he's the Huckleberry type. If they were if they were Pokemon, he would be a Huckleberry type. He would be a Billymon. He would be a a Huck type Billymon. What if there's something they, about his beard that like we just don't recognize? Well, at least me and Jason don't because like we're not beard men. Here's a theory. Hold on. Coming from a beard man, here's my theory. If you unbraid Benji's little Fu Manchu mustache, I think it would poof out into that big old beard. I think it's the same guy. Oh, my God. That's why he had the freaking weird glasses on. That's why you only see him from a distance. It's the same guy. It's the same guy. The Where acting? Is, the, is IMDb have the credits for this episode? I'm sorry, everybody. I know these episodes are getting to be two, two hours long. Um, what's the name of this episode? There's no way they have an IMDb page for it. It would be amazing. It's Shadow Creature of Braxton County. Hold on. We've all got other things we need to be doing. It's well, I'll fill it out while you look important. for that. So so Kim giving some more local flavor from the theater acting troupe that he is head of says Shadow Creature ain't bothered me, but he's given these deer in here hell. Which <laughs> I just really giving it to these goddamn deer, just sticking it to him. And what he's doing is, once again, a reverse predator and that he is cutting off the heads and leaving them behind and <laughs> taking the bodies, which is the silliest way to do like an exact reverse predator. <laughs> no, I swear the, to God. The only credit for performance in mountain monsters is the main, the main guys. And even then they don't have their full names on there in many cases. So I'm unfortunately, I, I'm sorry. I, 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 I'm sorry. I was so thrown for a loop by that, but, uh, is clearly right. It's 100. I would put my life on it that it's the same guy and that he's giving such a different. He's faked a Canadian accent for the first one, which it now, in retrospect, very fake and is now is doing his serious hermit thing. Fascinating. Okay. This is his. It's on his reel for, for the other parts he goes out for based on this. It, his, his tone really resonated in the scene because, like, he's talking about, like, y'all should just get away, leave this hall and forget about this shadow creature. And Huckleberry's like, it's in our blood. And then Buck kind of has a, a different direction. He goes, he goes, we have to try. <laughs> like, just, we, ha we got to get out there and give it a <laughs> shot. I just, I love It's that. in our blood. Well, you know, got to give it a shot. Got to try. Also, uh, again, he did kind of stumble a little bit earlier when he pointed out that it gives the deer hell, but makes a point of saying, quote, it has never bothered him at all. Yeah. <laughs> so again, the last people it has killed were in 1861 and it learned, it learned its lesson since then and 
And them was union boys. They deserved it. And very clearly was just trying to scare Willie and Wild Bill. Just like trying to get him off of his property. Yeah, to get him, get him to leave its house. The way you would yeah. shoo away a raccoon you found in your kitchen. You'd like throw something at it and get it to... Yeah, you don't want to get it close in case like, you know it's probably not dangerous. But what if it has rabies or something? That's exactly how I would treat the Ames crew. Uh, so the end of this interaction, he is doing old man foretelling your doom all the way through. And then at the end of the interaction, he goes, well, stay safe, guys, and gives them a trail cam. Yeah, he gives them a little sand disc. He yeah. He gives them a little sand disc and wishes them a safe journey. And then the cameraman follows him and he stops, turns around and says... I have no desire to talk to you. <laughs> the cameraman like ditched our people to run into the woods with the hermit. And he's like, <laughs> okay, but not. And he, for the first time in 14, 15 episodes, I'm sorry, they acknowledge the camera people, which now that you know there are camera people who are acknowledged as part of this universe, you could rewatch the previous 15 episodes and find stunning moments of callousness toward the camera person. Who have been left behind as they sprint off into the woods. <laughs> <laughs> you will also find that one episode where Bigfoot was like five feet away from them and screaming in their face. And the cameraman was panning across their reactions while Bigfoot apparently tore him apart because <laughs> he would be standing exactly where Bigfoot was. Yeah, they will often he will often go get the monster's perspective to up the drama. So he monster risks POV. his own life to go stand next to the monster. <laughs> I love picturing that Bigfoot's looking down at him like, well, this one's a freebie, right? Like, <laughs> we're supposed to do something about this? Also, I realized that earlier this guy shot bullets at them. And then when he, they got close to him, said, well, what do you want? And then it turned out he had the photos in his pocket. <laughs> Of, of the shadow creature. So why does he just always have them with on his body, on his person, just in case? He didn't have the nice glossy headshots that they normally have when he when they find the hillbilly in the woods. He just gives them like a thumb drive, but then they have to leave the woods to check it. And how beautiful would it be if they leave the woods and check it and it's just like Kim's dick pics? <laughs> just... <laughs> It would be it's just gone through all of the, it's hard to give someone unsolicited dick pics when you're a, a hardcore woodsman who doesn't see polite society. I've been saving them up all at once. Was this a mistake or a sex crime? <laughs> Why are his pubes braided? Wait a second, that's <laughs> why well, I recognize it's put little glasses on it. I recognize that. Benji uh, so is an anagram for Kim. Oh my god. Probably, right? <laughs> and then for the next 20 episodes, they make fun of Jeff for saying anagram. <laughs> uh, this picture that he gives them is just a blurry xenomorph. Like, they might have taken it from the movie before hitting it with every blur filter. This is, it's, yes. it's just from Alien. The ad man gave them that in their promotional materials before asking that they be scrubbed from the entire show. And they're like, well, we're still going to use it. We'll blur it. Uh, as per our contract. So we check in on Wild Bill and Willie's crackhead trap shack. They have found, finally found uh, two perfect trees, nowhere near the cliff where they were told to set the trap uh, because that was too hard. But fuck it, right? Fuck it, is the, is the reasoning, because they don't address it. They're just doing the trap somewhere easier now. Stuff like that makes it, worries me because it's like they know we know it's not fake. And I feel like that destroys the authenticity of the show. Whereas there's a lot of kayfabe and a lot of forgiveness you got to give the show. But when 
when they say we need to put the trap here and they're like, fuck it, let's put it somewhere else. It's like, well, it's all going to fall apart if that's your attitude, man. <laughs> it's a very checked out. They just, they just like, they pretty much openly say, that was too hard. It was, it's on the side of a cliff. Like, that's dumb. Let's go put it on the ground. And so they put it on the ground. Willie says, we're going to snare him right out of his own shadow, which is a pretty good line. So Wild Bill follows up with, going to give him a little, huh, lift on life, huh? <laughs> not, a, not a great line. <laughs> he thought he was, like, playing along, playing with it. I don't know. Wild Bill is having an off couple episodes. <laughs> we cut to him running up a tree. And he is, he's a little back to form because he says, we are going to pick up this old huh, Mr. Shadow Creature up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, woo. And then we pan up to reveal him like hanging 20 feet in the air, hinged at the waist, gently oscillating like a pinata, like because he's stuck. <laughs> he, got, he got stuck. And he tells Willie in this really subdued voice. Come on, bro. I'm in a bind up here. <laughs> like all the funds out of him. He's just, he got, he fell off. He got stuck. He's just rotating up there. And you know, God, you know, Willie is just tempted to leave him there for a little bit. Like I could get so much done. I could get so much done. I just left him there. But then uh, they are being hunted. Uh, it, the, the woods go quiet and they do the, uh, oh, you know, you know what this is. It's too quiet. And their keen senses have detected xenomorphs hunting him by keen senses you mean it screams like the devil yeah. on a reverb halloween track and they're like oh my god that's it they also forgot it's perfectly daylight out so like if you just if the cameraman panned over there they would see this stark black alien proof of standing life. against the light right there <laughs> standing against the very light background of the fallen leaves and birch trees like couldn't see it more clearly but he doesn't of course the alien is hunting them uh it's like kind of a shadow of some guy maybe hundreds of feet in the distance through a blurry shaky lens for one exactly one second counted so you cannot <laughs> now so they don't have weapons and they mention that and they run away but um Again, this is not very good trap confidence. If if this was me, here's what I would have done. I would have stood right behind that snare trap and I would have said, come on, do it. Kill me. I'm right here. Kill me. Because <laughs> I've seen the fucking movie. What, what, what movie? This is the one something? they keep accidentally referencing. <laughs> yes, they, okay, they've made a predator trap for the alien, which <laughs> I don't think that... I don't think that goes one to one. But, but I want to point out here: if if these two were aware of Jeff's stealth mode improv from earlier, that everyone just immediately slapped down and and <laughs> refused to run with, this would have been a perfect time to say, "I can I can sense it right up there, but I don't see it. What's going on?" Yes, it's, it's not stealth perfect. mode. That that Ooh. instead they had a crew member or another member of the team just run in the distance, just run by. Which, by the way. Obviously, we both we all realized that if a person was in the woods, you would get the exact same thing, minus I guess the roar, which mm -hmm. could Jason, there's something in the woods, but it ain't no person. <laughs> <laughs> That's almost almost word for word. <laughs> like I feel like they are taking the script from Predator and Aliens, mashing them together, and then just looking for synonyms every <laughs> once in a while to like change a there's no alien movie where the xenomorph is alone in the woods 
that's right. predator. So that's they have predator. a xenomorph situation, but they, they have to use all of the predator tropes because otherwise, because the xenomorph is kind of not scary in the woods in wintertime. Right. It doesn't, why, it doesn't work at all. Like <laughs> the xenomorph in the woods is kind of goofy. Like, well, that's not, that's not right. I'm not scared of that. I don't know why, but it doesn't. Yeah, I agree. It doesn't work in I that agree environment. Completely. But they build a teepee over their snare trigger because the xenomorphs can't resist a teepee. That is canon. They Okay, so they build a little snare trap, which you can barely see. And then they reason, he's going to see that. We have to build an entire teepee over it. That way he won't see it. But it's now an entire ass teepee. And as though on cue, Buck shows up. They drive up in their little forest golf cart. And Buck says, did you build us a shelter? Because you can see it's a building now. We can't. This is the first episode where they've not been able to build the trap. He drew up an idea for a trap, but they couldn't even come up with a fake version of it. Because they don't have the two trees bent down with the cables under tension. That would have been too dangerous, like, probably. So there's nothing. They've got some cables kind of tied to the ground, and they covered it with a tent. And that's their excuse for why they can't test it. Because every other trap, they've got to build it. On a cliff. Uh, right. They've got the big moment where they, they show it working. In the last episode, they had the big things like, oh, the doors, both the doors fall closed. Exactly the same moment. And they all cheer like, yes, you're a genius, Willie. They never got this together, even a fake version of it. They don't test it. It doesn't. They didn't. The thing where they bend the treetops down, that looks good on paper in real life. Very hard to do that safely and without machinery. Like, that's not something you could do by hand. You would need thousands of pounds of force. And then even then, the trees would probably just break and kill you. So it is a very sad attempt to, it's like, well, we had to, to hide it. And it's like, no, you're hiding the fact that you literally did not build a yeah. trap this time. I think this is a very dangerous, maybe alluring is a better word for it, a very dangerous precedent that I think once they realize they can just fake the trap, that's what they're going to do every episode. It is dangerous. It's a slippery slope. And we know how they love to fall down slippery slopes. Husky ninjas cannot move in grass, dirt, <laughs> Snow or water. Definitely not water. They will die in six inches of water. We have proven that. Uh, so they bait this non-trap with one entire roadkill deer. Like a just, and they yeah. say it. They uh, just, just roadkill we found. And, uh, <laughs> and what the xenomorph does is he loves roadkill. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, of course. As we've established, it's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> It's a carrion feeder. It's no, as we've established, it takes the bodies of deer as trophies. <laughs> yeah, after because it hunts for pleasure because it's the predator. That's why it killed those Union soldiers who were all alive at the time. It's much clumsier to display the entire body of the of the victim, but I mean that's just that's how his culture <laughs> He's does. Get all these like <laughs> just trophies of full deer from neck to butt hanging from his wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just pinned up there. See my trophies, I. I just don't like the top part. I don't. It's aesthetically not pleasing to me as a as a trophy hunter. I like the like the accent you gave him. Uh, they now they do for this, sounds just like him. Another episode they do set up cameras, which I I don't know if that'll be a thing going forward, but they do. They broke the seal. Figuring yeah. that yeah, if if the if the trap somehow doesn't get him for the the fifteenth time in a row, then we will at least have uh, documented evidence. But. The strategy they're going to use to try to get it to move toward the trap is really interesting. Oh, yeah. They really break new ground. Yeah, they do this. Uh, what do you call it? Some kind of was it? It's kind of a modified 
top and bottom country movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to it. split into two teams. Started. If you can oh. picture it, they, they have a graphic, but I know the listeners don't see their graphic. But imagine if there were two teams and then one's going to rappel down the cliff at night in total darkness, which I don't even think Tom Cruise would do that stunt without like stuff, like safety people around. Um, and then the other team's going to approach from the other direction and they're going to drive it toward the trap in like a, it'd be like a pair of pliers or something. If you could visualize that in your head or a pair of like, a, yeah, like if you had two vice grips or something squeezing together, like a squeezing together in order to thrust it towards the trap. I'd be interested to see if it works because this is, you know, they've not done this before. Unprecedented. Yeah. Ta- master tacticians. Uh, I like that it's Jeff that puts the cameras up this time, but acts like it's his idea. I don't know, like you said, maybe there's a different order these are actually being shown in. But either Jeff or Buck takes credit. They both take credit for this idea of putting a camera up like they've never heard of it. Like, well, let's try Let's just try it. I think it's important that this episode come first, comes first because that tells me Jeff had the idea. And then in the episode where they elevate Buck, he's like, hey, guys. I just had an idea. I Stop. want to put a camera. And and literally Trapper looks at him and says, That's a good idea. And he's like, Where do you want to put it? He tells he tells Buck, Hey, you're in charge. You came up with this great idea for the camera. <laughs> and I can just imagine Jeff just over there seething. Seething. <laughs> just getting dominated. Just just getting cryptid cucked. Shadow cucked. Saw your saw your mom on thermal. Over here. <laughs> What's that, Jeff? Nothing. Nothing, What's that? nothing fellas. <laughs> yeah, just like you got on thermal, right? <laughs> uh, so, so we're doing the old pincer movement because why mess with something if it's never provably ever worked once ever? <laughs> uh, why mess with it? Buck says, glad you didn't send me with William Wild Bill because they don't make rope big enough for me to repel with. And then nobody laughs, which turns this into a sad moment. Yeah. This is because <laughs> it's true. What he it's just really said. true. Yeah, it's, it's true. But he was going for a joke, but nobody laughs, yeah. and it just makes everyone kind of sad. Like, oh, well, yeah. yeah. Sorry about that. There's a guy running zip lines that has to explain that to a tourist every couple of days. Like, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, it's, real, it's the worst part of my job. But uh, you're too big. You're too fat for the zip line. <laughs> We can't get you back out of the ball pit is the problem. <laughs> like, you can get in. <laughs> no, it's too bad for a ball pit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, welcome to the second cut part of the episode. Uh, so, so they are, as Jason said, doing something insanely dangerous. Wild Bill and Willie, I know it's only like 30 feet. Again, it is enough to kill you. And they're going down it uh, in winter at night. I see icy cliff at night in the dark. And they are Wild Bill and Willie, who uh, who I would not trust to do many things, much less repel. And let's not play games. There's a fucking xenomorph on the loose. Okay, let's let's be very clear. This is the exact location they were with the little hidey hole. So yes. it's also like maybe its house certainly has been seen there before. And the last time it was up top and it threw a log at you below, like it, it could just There's cut the ropes. At least two things that could kill you. Maybe three. Wild Bill counts for four. (laughs) Right there. However, shockingly, it's Willie who fucks up. They start to repel and they're they're starting to go down. And Willie just once again, like the like the time he disappeared in a hole, he just disappears from camera. 
And Wild Bill screams, Willie! Willie! And then we cut to commercial and the the Bulgarian alien ripoff and then a, re- a full recap. And just like with Buck, uh, he's fine. He's just yeah, down he's there. Fine. Just 15 feet away and grouchy. I don't know why he didn't answer any of those frantic calls from Wild Bill. Cause they, it's a little weird. They dubbed in the sound of him splatting below. <laughs> like he disappeared off the edge of that cliff and they dubbed him like a yeah, it was like a it, Qbert it, sound effect. It went like, <laughs> <laughs> Willie, I'm putting co- I'm putting quarters in, brother. You're gonna be fine. Uh, he's just gone, like Buck. They scream for him. They cut back, and he's literally at the bottom. And he goes, "I'm fine." Uh, he just repelled like a little faster than he meant to. Is is what that was. So. They check in and agree that they have to continue uh, pushing him towards the trap. Uh, their first and only and ever plan. Uh, it has not changed. They once again hear the stealthy shadow creature roar, uh, scream and growl throughout the entire forest. It's the loudest, maybe the loudest creature they've ever had with that sound effect. They find another hole. Willie just, there is not a hole Willie doesn't want to be in. <laughs> I know, I know what that sounds like. I mean it. Mm-hmm. He slips right into that hole based on nothing. The improv takes such a wild direction there. And that Wild Bill's looking at him slide into this hole. And once he gets all the way in the hole and starts to say, Oh, there's a whole cavern system down here. It's There's an underground kingdom full of xenomorphs down here. I just met their king. Wild Bill goes, It's up here! It's up top! And he has to, <laughs> he has so, to crawl right back out. Yes. So what that means is... Under duress, as though it is an emergency, Willie has to scamper back up out of the hole in this really awkward fashion. Like, whoops, sorry, I'm in a hole when you're having an emergency. I just really like holes. I think they're fun. Uh, They run after it. It's running from them for some reason. Uh, It is terrified of them. The two teams meet up again. Wild Bill says, big old black scorpion looking thing. Big and fast, brother. And Willie says, let's get this some bitch. And they push him towards the trap. I think they got him this time, guys, right? Like, this is all, this is going really well. And they, did Did you mention the print they see in the middle of all this? No, they just now see it. After okay. all of that, they pause and they see down in the snow across the ice, there's a track. Mm-hmm. Hot track. So we stop to admire the track. He is currently running away from them. They're pushing him towards the trap. They stop dead and like, oh, shit. We got a track in the ice here. You see this? You see this shit? <laughs> the usual. Good. They have found this elusive creature, what, seven times, eight times in the last two days? Yeah, but it's not elusive. It, it, it is drawn to them like a magnet. It's like a mosquito coming for blood. It, basically, they can't get away from it. But they had a little bit of a, I, I would like to have heard the discussion because, again, who knows what a xenomorph's footprint looks like? What they came up with is one of them just put their gloved hand down in the snow and made a human handprint. And they called <laughs> just, that the alien footprint. It's got it's like a monkey foot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He can steal all of all four of their shotguns. God, that'd be so awesome. <laughs> four shotguns. Like Xenomorph. Like scorpion alien from the film Aliens versus Predator. Ha! Got four guns. So, quadruple feature. Compound interest. <laughs> compound interest. <laughs> <laughs> so they're, they're all chasing him towards the trap. They're running towards the trap. Oh no, the trap's been set off and the deer is gone, but there's no shadow creature. I thought they had it Damn. this time, you guys. I so really. Close. Uh, so close. So, like, 
Who could have foreseen it? But here's how it escaped. It tore a hole through the canvas tent they covered the trap with. That's how it got out. Thing is immune to teepee. Like it wasn't you even. You might there. remember that wasn't the trap. Yes. Like the that was not. It wasn't supposed to get. <laughs> that, that, there was no intention of that thing to hold it. <laughs> that wasn't the bars of the cage. That was supposed to be the snare trap. But no, it escaped by tearing through the teepee. You got to hide the snare. But they forgot. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, the trap is not triggered because it can't. There is no trap to trigger. So it's kind of just the way it was before, only there's now a hole in their sad little tent and the deer is gone. But they got a new producer's note here. Because once they are all gathered in their little huddle of failure, where they usually this part of the show where they say, oh, it's it's gone into the next county. We'll never catch up to it. Even though it was just there five seconds earlier. They actually, they're all standing in their little huddle, and Huckleberry says, well, now he could still be here. Don't let your guard down. <laughs> Amazing. <Right>. Incredible. <laughs> Would have shot him on sight. Would have known instantly that's really the shadow creature. Yep. Nice try. <laughs> but, but, of course, they, they, they don't have any more encounters planned. They've used up their trap. There's nothing else to do, so... They just kind of still. It's the just- one time he doesn't. It's the one time he's actually gone. Uh, uh, Buck says, "You reckon we we got him on that camera?" And everyone goes, "Oh, I forgot about that." <laughs> <laughs> they were all wrapping things up. Yeah, we we did it. We really did something. Like, oh, right, right. Uh, Jeff loads up the photos, and it is absolutely nothing. Yeah. Uh, even Trapper, like trying to act impressed, what Trapper says is, "Wow." That was just a flash of shadow. <laughs> it's fucking nothing. Well, that's fucking God nothing, it. huh? Again, could easily have said, well, you can see its outline, but where it's activated its stealth mode that, that Jeff astutely yes. noted that it had yesterday. No. <laughs> These are all things Jeff is quietly saying in the editing booth, but nobody's paying attention. He could have said in the stealth mode here. What's so funny about this is that they think what they've proven here, what Trapper says, is that he does have a fear of man. Because he never, ever challenged us. In a way, I guess it's true. And yeah, he, it is true. But what that means is this was actually just a gentle, gentle woodland creature you were harassing <laughs> the whole episode. <laughs> like he, And under no conditions would he attack you. It is like much gentler than any deer. Like it's too bad he eats deer. But there's, but the, yeah, lots of things eat deer. And in fact, you, we intentionally cull the deer population because they get, there's so many of them and they get on the highways. So it's doing all of us a favor. The five people that it killed was, you know, in civil war times. That is not documented. That is pure hearsay. I mean, that was in times of war. He was defending, uh, states' rights. <laughs> the, the, the state's rights to do what, shadow creature? I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> The fact that it looks scary is not justification for killing it. It is completely harmless, as has been repeated over and over again. But this makes the punchline of the episode even better because they are walking away from the trap, leaving it behind them, which, again, in the fiction of the show, it has not been triggered. The, the creature reached in through the side, through the tent, and grabbed the deer out of there and outsmarted them. So somebody says... Should we go back and clean up that trap? Like, so a child doesn't step <laughs> in it and get ripped in half 
And instead of doing that, they all laugh and walk away. Yeah. Implying they're leaving it behind for Kim or Benji or Kim slash Benji to, to stumble into, which again, I'm sure they, they do. This actually, I think came up in that interview I read with Trapper. Like, do you take down the traps you build? And yes, they, they are required to do that. The police would call them if they, if they didn't. But I love how even in the fiction of the show, it's like, well, no, we're not going to go take that thing down. <laughs> we're not going to. That's fucking stupid. What a crazy, let's all go out on a freeze frame laugh uh, at the idea of us not ripping a child in half with our negligence, as they surely must have. Uh, so. That's it. They've proven uh, that the shadow creature was never a threat to anybody. And uh, maybe they shouldn't have been fucking with it so hard this whole time. Nothing. Nothing was proven. Absolutely nothing was accomplished. But it is time to pick our favorite quotes of the episode. Let's go with Jason this time. When they were talking to Benji, and I'm going to do a voice here, but I'm imitating the fake voice Benji was doing. So please don't don't feel that this is offensive. Um, Benji, when he was telling his tale, when he, after he got out from behind the rock, he said he ran away and he phrased it like this. I hightailed it down that hill like butter on my feet. I was shuffling. (laughs) (laughs) I I legitimately love that one. That one's cute. True phrasing that you would hear from the deepest of deep woods mm-hmm. hermits who have <laughs> never hard. spoken to, yeah, the hardcore, most hard-barked frontiersmen. Now, based on what I know about Canada from cartoons, they do skate around giant pancakes on butter pats. Sean, what's yours? The quote I liked uh, is kind of a long one. This is one Buck told straight into camera. He goes, we just got back to the trap and the snare's not even set off. The shadow creature come in there, busted a hole through the side and took the deer. And then he seems to get like really cranky and impatient. He goes, this thing is just unbelievable. <laughs> and I, it cracked me <laughs> up shadow creature. so hard. <laughs> <laughs> so, so cranky about it. This thing it. is just unbelievable. God. It's like coming home and the kid has just been unreasonable and you're like, ah, fucking somebody yeah. bitched you about this goddamn shadow creature. <laughs> it really is like a husband getting home from work and his wife just dumping, just trauma dumping on him <laughs> as he's still taking off his coat. And you just got to sit there and listen. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. you, you, you don't suggest a solution. Yeah. It's not the right thing. I just listen. Yeah. I told you that shadow creature's crazy. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, no, I agree with you. <laughs> so. my favorite quote comes right here at the end we didn't mention it but uh, when they were talking about how willie got down in that hole for no reason trapper says he should have ripped your guts out willie and willie goes oh absolutely (laughs) (laughs) you're right that would have been a better story and made a lot more sense yeah i'm fucking i should have been fucking dead that was dumb as shit you're correct what a show. And as we wrap up, just again, when we in between this episode and next, just imagine Huckleberry porking a babe. Just go into pork town on multiple women. Just a, a full-size human penis extruding from the hat. Like the little mouth comes out of the xenomorph. There we go. Full circle. Full circle. Yeah.
Yeah. <laughs>